Welcome to the Cyber Safe Cities podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Cybersecurity Best Practices Initiative, led by Tech Nation Canada and funded in part by Public Safety Canada under its Cybersecurity Cooperation Program. This podcast looks at the ways Canadian municipalities can ensure they are cyber safe. We'll be chatting with industry experts about best practices and their experience in the cybersecurity field. To learn more, head to technationcanada.com and check out our Municipal Cybersecurity Best Practices Guidelines. I'm your host, Tanil Bogdan, and today we are chatting with Detective Sergeant Vern Crowley with the Ontario Provincial Police. Detective Sergeant Crowley is a member of the Ontario Provincial Police's Cybercrime Investigations Team, which is comprised of police investigators and civilian technical experts. Established in 2017, the team's mandate is to investigate cybercrimes where technology is the target of the crime, assist in complex criminal investigations where technology was used as a tool to commit the crime, and to work collaboratively with law enforcement, government, academia, and the private sector to enhance cyber intelligence sharing and to target hardened Ontario IT infrastructure, which will enhance online cybersecurity and safety. Detective Sergeant Crowley chats with us today about how municipalities can work with their law enforcement once they have experienced a cyber attack. Alrighty, hello everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. We are here today with Detective Sergeant Vern Crowley with the Ontario Provincial Police. Thanks for joining us, Vern. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So chat with us a little bit about your role with the OPP. Yeah, so I'm a 30-year-plus sworn member with the OPP. Um, the majority of my time, over 25 years, has been dealing with digital evidence-based investigations. Currently, I'm assigned to the OPP's Cyber Crime Investigations Team as the Outreach Manager. So my responsibility is building those partnerships with the, both the private and public sector to share threat intelligence and help target hardened Ontario IT networks with the goal of reducing the victimization that's caused by cybercrime within the province. That's awesome. So uh, what capacity have you been involved with municipalities and their cybersecurity needs? Yeah, as I said there, I've been doing this for a very long time, almost a dinosaur, if you will, when it comes to uh, digital technology and criminal investigations. I started investigating criminal offenses back in 1995. Started out as a computer forensic investigator. In 2015, I assisted the OPP in their cyber strategy, which was a holistic look at our organization and how we deal with technology and digital-based evidence. And one of the things that, that came out of that was the need to build capabilities and capacities within the Ontario Provincial Police to actually investigate cyber crimes. And out of that, I became part of the team. And as I say, currently, I'm the outreach manager because we come to realize very quickly, especially when it comes to cyber crimes, that we can't do it alone. We need to build those positive working relationships to assist in target hardening Ontario and do our role, which is the attribution catch the bad guys that are doing the cyber crimes. So we know that cyber crimes and attacks are happening all the time um, and increasing threats for municipalities. But one thing that our listeners might not know is what the protocol is for engaging their local law enforcement. So when should a municipality engage with law enforcement when dealing with a cyber attack or a breach? That's a great question and I'm glad it's part of this podcast. The best practice, in my opinion, would be to reach out to your local law enforcement before an incident even happens. Uh, You know, find out what the reporting protocols are. Build that positive relationship so that when an incident happens, all parties are familiar with one another 
and hopefully that trust relationship will assist in a more efficient and response flow of information, which is crucial for us in the law enforcement. If the local law enforcement does not have the capability or capacity to properly respond to that cyber incident, they will reach out to us as the provincial police service, our cybercrime investigation team, and we will work with that local law enforcement agency for the appropriate response and resources, no matter where the victim is within the province of Ontario. Now, one of the key issues is we need to know as soon as possible the details of the cyber incident or the cyber attack and the impact that it has on the organization. If we can get those details as soon as possible, this will allow us to better assess the situation and collaborate within our law enforcement community. If there's one thing I can say within the 30 years in policing, I have never seen such great collaboration amongst law enforcement agencies when it comes to cybercrime, we are doing a great job of that. I can tell you, I am literally on the phone uh, weekly with our, my municipal partners, federal partners, and international, be it the FBI, Homeland Security, NCA, Europol, and we talk about the different cyber threats and the different cybercrimes that are happening. So that quick and timely notification allows law enforcement to attain the proper resources required to respond effectively, but it also will be able to maybe gather that information which would lead back to linkages to other possible investigations. Rest assured, as a victim, you are not alone. This is global that's going on, these cyber attacks, and that quick reporting will allow us to link up to other investigations, and the lessons learned from those incidents may be able to be shared to speed up the appropriate mitigation remedia remediation efforts for the victim organization here in Ontario. So you represent Ontario as a province. The initiative that we're working on is Canada-wide. Can you comment on whether or not the process is similar for other provinces and territories outside of Ontario? So Ontario, we're kind of fortunate that we do have that provincial entity, uh, but in working literally across the province, as I said there, we can't do it alone. And we are in contact with our law enforcement partners coast to coast. The RCMP, we work in close collaboration with them. So they have the federal responsibility. So for all the government network services and critical infrastructure, they're going to be the police force of jurisdiction. And then they will work locally again with the law enforcement community. Other provinces, it may be the municipal, Calgary Police Service, Edmonton, Vancouver, RCMP E-Division, which is based out of Surrey, which is responsible for the province, Halifax. We are talking with them all along, Montreal, Quebec, Sûreté de Quebec, um, and they are in different stages in building their own cyber capacity. Some are a little more mature than others, but we are all learning and we all support one another. So again, the most important thing, reach out in advance, find out what the capabilities and the reporting protocols are so that if and when something happens, it'll go a lot smoother. That's fantastic. And so you touched on how law enforcement can help in kind of bridging and connecting cyber incidents that happen across a global landscape and a national landscape. What else can law enforcement do to help in dealing with these types of attacks? Well, law enforcement, again, our main role is the attribution. So, you know, we're responsible of finding out who did it. The mitigation and remediation, the, the stopping, you know, the effects that are happening, the negative effects, and then bringing 
IT systems back to where they were before the attack. Of course, that's the responsibility of the victim organization. I'm just going to circle back and reiterate the fact that the timeliness of the reporting is super important for law enforcement. We'll be able to bring to bear very, very quickly the exact nature of the incident that you're dealing with because rest assured you're not alone. And some of those lessons learned from those other victim organizations may be able to present it to you if we're able to, you know, present those best practices that helped mitigate so that the remediation process can go more efficiently. Again, that good corporate citizenship as well. Guaranteed that if you're a victim organization and you go through this, you will not want to have this happen to your neighboring municipality or your neighboring uh, organization. It's, it's just, it's a horrible thing to go through. And these cyber criminals, unfortunately, are making lots of money at doing it. And they continue to do it for two main reasons. One, it's generally not being reported, unfortunately. And they're making lots of money when it comes to ransomware or holding your data hostage. In both those cases, what do you have? Police aren't investigating, so there's low risk for them doing it. They're making lots of money, high gain. Low risk, high gain. Why would they stop? And it's one of the, that's the main reasons why it's happening and it's so prevalent to us today. So what pieces of information should municipalities have ready when working with law enforcement when engaging them, whether that be once a critical incident happens or pre-incident in the planning process? Yeah, so one of the things that I, I make sure that I pieces of information that I get out to everybody is ensure that the person that's going to report the incident to law enforcement is well aware of what has happened, the effects, and the level of jeopardy uh, that the organization is facing. We've had a number of times where the person reporting may not really have the details uh, to understand what has happened and or the overall effect. And again, that timeliness for that crucial piece of information is super important. So the person that's reporting needs to have firsthand knowledge of the incident and the overall effect on the organization. And then really a cyber crime is no different than any other crime. So from a law enforcement, if you were to put on your police hat and pretend you're the police officer, we want to know, you know, the five W's, you know, those basic questions, um, who, what, where, why, when, and then of course, how, if known, and the opportunity that may have availed itself to allow the crime to happen. The very first things that we will want to know, as I mentioned before, is, you know, what has happened, you know, what is affected, and what is the level of jeopardy. And when I say what is affected, not necessarily, you know, it's our domain controller or, you know, our email exchange, but PII information has been breached or all of our critical operating data has been encrypted. They're the type of things that we'd want to know. In the case of an encryption, you know, what would the file extension be? Because that gives us a better idea of maybe what it is that they're looking for. Um, so that's crucial as well. We also would want to know what steps have been taken or are, are being taken to deal with the incident and who is looking after it. Sometimes it's the IT department themselves. Sometimes it's the IT department along with a third-party security company that they have brought in. Sometimes it might be a total third party that was brought in through cyber insurance and they're looking after everything. Rest assured that I want everybody to know is we will work with the IT department and or the third party security company. We're not there to interfere, we're there to help. 
And one of the other things that we talk about, you know, or what we would want to know is, is there an ongoing threat or concern? Because if the incident is over and it's been stabilized, that's good. If it's two, three weeks after the fact, but if it's ongoing at the time and it has implications, uh, either on operations and or public safety, of course, that's going to be a number one concern. So the incident gets reported. Now, how can you best supplement that reporting? What, what pieces of information? So some of the basic details in relation to the incident is what we need. Law enforcement will want to preserve and gather any potential digital evidence related to that cyber incident as soon as possible. So things such as log files, suspicious login, IP addresses, applications or processes that we're running that are suspicious, any identifiers of the threat actors, so that might be monikers, email addresses, the bad guys use these anonymous emails, you know, it could be ProtonMail or uh, Tutanoa and, and the different domains. Bitcoin wallet IDs, you know, if it happens to be a ransomware, that's going to be absolutely important. Any communications that they may have had, be it the ransom note, if it was displayed on the screen, or that they had sent you an email, or even telephone calls. Uh, they need to, you know, the telephone number that it came from, and if, you know, contents of those communications would be great. Any suspicious files that I mentioned before, running processes, registry changes, different user accounts that may have been created, something that stands out to say, hey, what is going on here? That to be preserved would be great for us. And then to ensure that we know how the events have unfolded, once we engage, we may want to speak to personnel that first noticed the effects on the system, and then maybe also speak to those uh, that responded to it as well. Yeah, so law enforcement will want to know how the events unfolded, you know, we may want to speak with the personnel who first became aware of the incident and those that responded to the incident. We'll probably always ask the question, who do you think may have done this? Though the incident may appear to be from an external threat actor, uh, one can never really rule out an insider may have played a role to some extent. And again, it's our, our job for the attribution and make sure that uh, we have full knowledge as best as we can for the incident as it unfolded. That's awesome. And you mentioned um, working with the IT teams a lot. And, and over the course of this podcast, we've, we've been continually learning that cybersecurity isn't just an IT problem. So is there any other departments that you would say you work most closely with in dealing with incidents? First and foremost, we work with the victim. Um, we work with them. We work alongside uh, the IT departments. You know, there's a lot of fear, and maybe this is some of the reasons why, you know, law enforcement may not necessarily be, you know, notified right away, uh, what have you. Um, one of the, you know, one of their fears may be that law enforcement would come in and hamper the mit mitigation remediation efforts, and that's that's not true. We want to reduce the level of victimization that's caused, so we'll work alongside. You know, the big fear is maybe some of the information if if you know our police are notified, then the media will be notified. That's not the case at all. We don't. It's a criminal investigation. We wouldn't. We would never comment on it. We would never divulge any information at all. You know, some might fear that uh, police might see sensitive information or third-party data that may not be theirs to you know hand over. The information we collect, as I mentioned before deals with the incident itself, the metadata, and not necessarily the contents of a database, um, you know, or the PII or financial information. And probably one of the other things that, that they think that there's no benefit in reporting to police. I mean, really, what can the police really do? Well, I'm here to tell you that teams like ours exist now, and we have built great 
uh, capability and capacity and we are making headway as i say catching those bad guys so there's a lot of value in reporting to police so not only with the law enforcement agencies and with the IT department themselves other agencies that provide support such as uh, the Canadian Centre for Cybersecurity a lot of times you know reports may go to them one thing I want everybody to be aware of in the here and now CCCS is not law enforcement they are not and because of where they fit within the Canadian government, they're not really allowed to share anything. So if someone were to report to the CCCS, that is not akin to reporting to law enforcement. More than likely, the CCCS will say to you, you know, please report it to law enforcement. But in the time of everything going on, they may feel that reporting to CCCS equates to reporting to law enforcement. That is not the case. You need to report it to law enforcement. So I just want to make sure that that's out there. And again, for those that are in Ontario, you know, there's the cyber operations within the province of Ontario uh, that do the similar type work as CCCS on a Canadian level. And there's a lot of entity and resources uh, out there. So as I say, that proactive step for people that are listening to the podcast, find out where those resources are, and uh, that'll help you long on your way. Uh, to get your incident response plan together. That's fantastic. Are there any other external partners or third-party vendors that should be engaged during the process of working with law enforcement? Often municipalities today um, will probably have cyber insurance of some form. And upon an incident happening, the cyber insurance company will deploy those uh, companies and resources that they have in retainer to quickly respond to the incident, be it incident response, digital forensics, legal counsel, you know, marketing and or reputation firms, you know, they're all going to be on the standby and quarterbacked by the insurance company. We'll work with any of them. Um, again, it's working with them, but to allow the share of information. So for your listeners, you are the victim. We work to support and help you. One of the cautionary tales or one of the notes that I want to bring to everybody is that often a breach coach or legal representation may ask you, the victim, to delay or even avoid law enforcement involvement to protect the interests of your organizations. They are working for you in your best interests, but adding to that reluctancy to report is really on the overall scale a negative thing. And you are the victims you have the right to report like a break and enter if police don't know about it it becomes very prevalent and continues all the time so law enforcement needs that timely reporting that's great and so you mentioned the canadian center for Cybersecurity um, and kind of the differences between your two organizations but how do you guys work together to fight cybercrime and report it so the canadian center for Cybersecurity, i affectionately know them as cccs all the different acronyms that our governments have we work with them so they their main mandate is to support critical infrastructure which includes municipalities across canada for that increased cyber resiliency and also to promote uh, the reporting and if possible able to provide guidance and help them do the proper mitigation or remediation if they don't have so that is fantastic because we totally support that again that's where we complement one another, where we work together to try to reduce the victimization that's caused by cybercrime. So a lot of times CCCS may be put 
put on informative webinars and they'll reach out to us for a law enforcement perspective and then vice versa sometimes you know as i go out across Ontario or elsewhere, even across Canada, and I do my presentations, I promote them so that the awareness is there, so that there's help that's out there and proactively reach out and find out how they can help you. And so we know that the threat landscape is increasing rapidly. Would you say you've seen any kind of shocking trends within the past three years? Okay, so going back three years, I mean, ransomware has been the scourge of our of, of municipalities specifically, but our healthcare industry and really those crime groups that are that are doing the ransomware, um, they're not discriminatory. They wherever they can get the money, that's where they're going to ply their criminal uh, malware into systems and and hold you up for ransom. Ransomware has the probably one of the highest level of jeopardy in that once they get into the network. And it could be through a remote desktop protocol, could be through a phishing email with, you know, malicious attachment or, or a malicious link that's involved. But once they move laterally and they scope out all your relevant data, first they'll try to steal it in the here and the today. Uh, they'll try to steal it. Then they'll encrypt it, demanding Bitcoin more than likely for payment. Then they will put added pressure for the payment that they will disclose either on a leak site or by literally notifying your stakeholders and or the customers of the records that they've obtained um, and tell them that they have your data and that it will be released. So now the victim company or organization or municipality has members of the public, their stakeholders, all putting pressure on them that do something about this because we don't want our records uh, out there. So it's a scourge. It continues to happen. Our municipalities are responsible for some of our critical infrastructure being electricity, clean water. Um, and as we've seen literally now within the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, our critical infrastructure is being probed a lot more. There have been some incidents, you've heard about the Colonial Pipeline in the United States, JBS, which was the meatpacking distributing, which actually affected the supply chain within Canada as well. So we are seeing now that these key pillars within our economy, um, be it under municipal control or elsewhere, are now being probed by the cyber criminals. And we must take care and do our due diligence to make sure to the best of our efforts uh, that we secure it. And again, that ounce of prevention is worth its weight in gold because at the other side, if you were victimized, it, the cost is just astronomical sometimes. And we've heard a lot about the crimes of opportunity. Are you still seeing that as prevalent in cyber or cyber criminals um, attacking a little bit harder than they were just kind of knocking on door and seeing if they can open it? Yeah, it's a combination of both. They're very opportunistic. Uh, so everybody in the here and now, the timeliness of this podcast, here in Canada, we're going into an election. So be prepared. They're going to apply their uh, social engineering to trick you into clicking or getting more information, um, it will be their way in. COVID-19 back in early 20, about March, we saw the cyber criminals switch in focus. We just had a disaster in Haiti. So anytime that there's a relief effort, they will put their social engineering skills and ramp up about money and all the rest of it or fake information because there's such a high 
demand to know more about what's going on and people are willing to click a little easier. So that whole campaign from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, Think Before You Click, is, is a great tagline. I, really what I want to tell everybody here is that law enforcement is truly your friend. We are here to help. We are building our capability and capacities as every week and month goes by. We do have some very strong connections internationally, and we bring that to bear here in Ontario, but across Canada, and we are making headway getting these, uh, these people that are doing it. So the, the one thing that I would say to all municipalities is review your cyber incident response plan. If you do not have one, now is the time to create one. And make sure law enforcement notification is a priority within the plan itself. And be proactive. As I mentioned before, reach out to your local law enforcement agency, see what those reporting protocols are, and build that positive relationship before the incident actually happens. As I said, we're here to help uh, and to get those responsible for the cyber attacks. And if we can spread that level of awareness and help target harden across Canada, uh, we will reduce the level of victimization that's caused by cybercrime. That's fantastic. Thanks, Vern. A big thank you again to Detective Sergeant Crowley for sharing his insight and expertise in dealing with cyber attacks and things municipalities should be aware of when working with law enforcement. Interested in learning more? Head to technationcanada.ca and check out our Municipal Cybersecurity Best Practices Guidelines, which provide ground-level information and education on how your municipality can start securing your organization from cyber attacks. Thanks for tuning in.